We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair I met the girl on Mary one day. But her mummy is yelling no Daddy has told her to go. Listen, young lady. But her friend is nowhere to be seen. So how'd you become such a hot shot actor? I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. To the seat with the clearest view. Wow, 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 wow. And she's hooked to the silver screen. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands. Like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? No, like Streisand. Sand. But the film is a sad This is fate that brought us together. But she's lived it ten times or more. Our roads took us here. She could spit in the eyes of fools. You're not my director. They ask her to focus on. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? See you tomorrow. It's weird I hang out with Gary and his friends all the time. <laughs> I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time. I'm not gonna forget you. Just like you're not gonna forget me. Cross. For this week's bonus episode, we dive back into the world for, I guess, one final time of Paul Thomas Anderson with his ninth studio film, Licorice Pizza. First of all, I'm just going to introduce him right away. Oz, my partner in crime here on this endeavor for this bonus episode. Are you aware of why it's called Licorice Pizza? I am aware of why it's called Licorice Pizza. 
would you please enlighten the people of why this name is what his name is? I, I understand it's it's a name that specifically refers to a record store, uh, and as you can imagine, the visual it is like a, a record looks like a pizza made out of black licorice. Oh, see, I didn't even think of that part. I knew it was a record store that PTA used to go to, yep. and it's why he it, similar to I forget the other that. Tarantino throws these references in all of his movies where it's like, oh, this is special because of a thing I used to grow up grow up enjoying. Having said all that, Licorice Pizza, the ninth film directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, it stars Alana Haim of the band Haim with her two sisters. Uh, Cooper Hoffman, the son of the late great actor Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then a plethora of other cameos from Sean Penn, Tom Waits, Bradley Cooper, Benny Safdie, Skylar Gazzando, Mary Elizabeth Ross, John Michael Higgins. Uh, there was another one that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned. Um, John C. Riley for John two seconds. John C. Riley. Oh, George DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio's father is in this. He is the uh, owner of the waterbed shop. We have, oh, my Rudolph is also in this as well. Um, we've had a bit of an adventure with this movie. Uh, at least I know I have had a bit of an adventure with this movie. I will do what I did last time, though. This is the second time we're recording this pod. We did it once about a week ago, and we're recording it again for good reason, which I'll say in just a second. Ozzo, once again, turn it over to you. Your thoughts on Licorice Pizza. I love this movie. So, um... Paul Thomas Anderson, as, as if you listen to our There Will Be Blood episode, you know, as a director, I, I respect greatly. I, I quite like, but isn't isn't the person who makes my heart go a flutter. I, I prefer my stuff a little more naturalistic or a little more ridiculous, actually. So I, I quite like the films of the director, Richard Linklater. And this feels a lot like Paul Thomas Anderson playing in the sandbox that Richard Linklater usually plays in. And those are movies like Before Sunrise and Dazed and Confused and things like that. And boy, does it work to apply his particular craft and, and skill at filmmaking to this more easygoing, coming of age, almost free form movie where the scenes kind of allied together in a way that makes time, even the specifics of the plot, fairly irrelevant. It just makes for such a, a, a fun way, even though it, it does deal with some dark stuff. It, it makes for just a pleasant way to spend two and a half hours of your life that I, I could not recommend more strongly. <clears throat> so first time I saw this movie, we had a lot going on. We had multiple screenings that we were seeing. I had just flat out a lot of work I was catching up on. And when I say I just was not engaged with this movie, I found it somewhat boring. And the first time I saw it, there is an element that is introduced four minutes into the movie and it's that our main characters are 15 and 25 and I could not get past that age gap for some reason and we recorded our bonus episode and I kept saying how gross and inappropriate I found it and I I trust Oz's opinion so much and then I saw so many other people with the same opinion and it was just like this movie's a masterpiece it's one of the best movies ever I saw some that the age gap bothered them and that there's there's some Asian jokes in this that are, that are unnecessary, which I, I do agree with, but there was a brilliance that I was missing. And so we did something that we haven't done before outside of Jeffrey Bezos deciding that our alien pod was not going to see the light of day. 
and we re-recorded after I saw the movie again. And upon a second viewing, much more caffeinated, much less things to do, and much more engaged, I realized something. First of all, there is a clear passage of time to where um, Gary Valentine is not 15 anymore. He might be 19. He might be 21. He might. There is a clear like age. Yeah, the age gap is there, but there's also a time jump that we get at a certain point in the movie. And while this is a hangout, we're really seeing the like greatest hits, the highlights of a friendship that happens from a young age. And what I noticed more so than anything else upon a second viewing, and it ties into my issues with the movie the first time, the way that PTA is framing becoming an adult, the moment in your 20s where you're told you got to stop being a kid. You have to grow up. You're not able to get away with your adolescence being an excuse anymore is a miserable fucking thing. And the way he frames every single adult in this movie, it is a clear message that he's going for. And you see from Alana's perspective, all the adults hate their lives. Even when she's a chaperone on one of Gary's trips and she's just happy to be the chaperone. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm the chaperone. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And all the parents are miserable. You have Bradley Cooper's character, like is a bit of a cartoon, but clearly has some like frustrations with, with adulthood involved there. Um, the Benny Safdie character, when you guys see it, will understand why he's frustrated with being an adult. And every single time, that she's inching toward, it's like, I'm a grown-up. I have to be more mature. I have to be an adult. She's seeing how terrifying and how not interesting adulthood is. And then she looks over at Gary, at Cooper Hoffman's character, and how much innocence and how much fun and how much carefree nature he's able to have because he's still okay being a kid and she keeps gravitating toward him and it's why the ending of this movie now works in a way that this is one of my favorite movies of the year now the full 180 that i've done and i gotta say we're gonna talk about it at the very end there's some decisions now that i'm gonna make with my all-time paul thomas anderson what he's able to do with two actors that have no credits like i've i've never seen a lot of him in anything i've never listened to her band and cooper hoffman this is his feature film debut right i believe so yep so like we're used to him getting these performances out of like daniel day lewis and joaquin phoenix and tom cruise and adam sandler and he's well, able that, to get that, these that's quite a range right there in quality. And he's able to, but now added to these two unknowns that are able to carry a movie with all of the different people that are in PTA's Rolodex. I the as the more I've thought about this movie, the more it's grown on me. This is I said this is my letterbox rating. This is his 81 point game. He is flat out flexing with how good he is at this shit and i i remain now blown away by what i missed the first time and now what i appreciate the second time all i can say is welcome to the party because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like i i said to you when we because we i saw it again before we met up for a screening and i was like there's clearly a party going on that i'm not invited to i would like to get invited and i'm glad i'm invited now you know i, I will say I, I don't want to get into the weeds on the age gap thing or the the 
Asian stereotype voice thing in it aside to quickly address them and say that the Asian stereotype voice thing is ridiculous as a complaint because the character is meant to be a fucking asshole and gets a comeuppance directly in the film. So I I just it's a non-starter for me. People are assholes. You don't need to ascribe morality to a film because it has immoral characters in it. And as to the age gap relationship, Paul Thomas Anderson is a very smart man. If look, you whatever criticisms you may have of this or any of his films, there's no questioning that this guy is is a brilliant person and a brilliant artist. He's a spectacular writer and he understands very, very precisely what emotions the audience feels. And if he wants you to feel there are times where he wants you to feel uncomfortable, you're not supposed to be like, rah, rah, let's see a 25 year old and a 15 year old get together. That's not the message here. In fact, you see the Alana Haim character recoil about it frequently to her friends and even say she makes fun of herself by describing him as 12 years old. She makes fun of herself to her friends and says, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I hanging out with a kid and all his knucklehead buddies all the time? There, There's an active grappling with that component that PTA is including here. And I think it is, uh, it, it's not the right reading of the film to come away thinking that, and I'm not saying you're saying this, I'm saying in general, that you know, PTA is is meaning for us to have this like quaint coming of love, coming of age love story between a 15 year old and a 25 year old. That's not the point at all. It's far more nuanced than that, far more textured. And frankly, far more has to do with the damage they both have from essentially having absent families. That's the bigger takeaway. There's no parents yeah. anywhere in this movie. You see his mom through sprinkled throughout the movie. But other than that, like she's largely absent because she's had to go run the family business from Las Vegas as well as the San Fernando Valley. Um, I will say, okay, just I'll address it and then we'll we'll move on. The Asian stereo, the Asian voice thing, it's less about the character and more about my entire theater laughing. That's the only thing, which I that's not PTA's fault. I then just don't know. Like why it was necessary, but it I, is PTA's again, fault though. That's it's exactly what he's going for. The fact that he the wants audience, the theater to laugh at a, a stereotypical, then I then I have an issue with. But it's shining a light on ourselves. That's why he wants us to laugh. It's the same thing as when as when I don't know the Daily Show goes out and interviews an anti-vaxer and they say some dumb anti-vax shit that's internally inconsistent. It's it's the same thing. Oh, uh, so you're thinking? Okay, he knows damn well what how the audience is going to react to that joke. He knows that there's going to be a portion of the audience that's going to straight up laugh at like a shtick that would have been, you know, over the top in a Bond movie when when Connery is in yellow face. Like, it's just not a, it, it's not a thing that he's throwing out there as a straight joke. He knows that there's an element of the audience that is going to laugh at that, but I think in a way is intentionally shining a light on the folks who do laugh at that, especially because, look, this is a tiny, this movie is not spoilerable because there's just... In a way, everything happens and nothing happens in this movie. But that character's wife leaves him. The next time we see that character, he's with another wife who finds him a new wife who's even more cringeworthy at him, who's openly hostile to the dumb shit he says because he gets fucking dumped. I took that a much different way. I took it more that he exchanged wives is what happened. Because he got dumped. No, I didn't take it that he got dumped. I took it that he being the... Uh, I don't know, call him racist because there's just not enough of a character to know the 
the the ignorant person that he is, he was making a play on the fact, like, oh, I got a new wife now, rather than it being like a commentary or an indictment of him that he couldn't keep the first one. Like it was a choice to get a different wife was more what I took. And look, the larger thing here that I was going to say is like, the fact that I have to think about this is so adult that to PTA's point, I'm unable to then enjoy the movie more. And that I think is more what he's hinting at is like these larger things that you have to pay attention to as an adult. Then like, the scene that I think it stood out the most to me is the truck scene, which that's all we'll call it. The truck scene. It's arguably the best scene of the entire movie. And like, like Gary's reaction when it ends is like exhilaration and like joy and like, Oh my God, did you see that? That was awesome. And then you see Alana's face being like, as the responsible adult, I can't enjoy it like you. What is wrong with you? I, I, like, in that moment, it's almost as if PTA is saying, like, remember when it was so easy to be carefree in these dangerous adult situations? And then the perspective you have to take as an adult, which is much less fun. That's how I'm processing all of the quibbles that I used to have. That the reason I originally thought and I had to be responsible enough to think about these larger issues is because I'm a boring old adult that has to and can't just dismiss it off as, as you know, just a, a thing in a movie. That's that's more where I was going with You're, that. I totally agree with, with all of that. And you see, actually, the kids physically cringe at the racist quips from that guy. It's not, it, it's, it's a clear, they're reacting to this thing that they're exposed to in their lives. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've, we've mentioned what the pushback, any, any pushback to this movie has done so far. Um, I mentioned the Rolodex aspect of like all the different people in PTA's uh, phone that clearly it was like, Hey, I have one small part. Um, Sean Penn, would you want to just do this two scenes with me in this new movie that I'm doing? And it's, it's great. I know you're not the biggest Sean Penn fan. I am here. He's fucking great here. Same thing goes for Tom Waits. Um, Benny Safdie is also really good. And yet Bradley Cooper, I think above the rest stood out to me um, in the most ridiculous of ways. Bradley Cooper is, is miscast as a classical leading man and is best cast as someone with a little sleaze to him. And here he leans into the fact that he is handsome in a kind of prickish way. He's confident in a kind of demeaning way. He looks like the sort of guy who treats women like shit and it's better when he leans into that ethos uh, as a performer. And I, I gather he's a, like a great guy in real life. It seems like everybody loves him. But as a performer, his sort of energy is is a little skeevy. And to see him lean into this kind of like sexual deviant who's like happily flirting with like a 20 something at his wife's house. Uh, it, it's it's fucking money. He has so much energy and life in this thing that I understand why people are, are stumping for him to win an Academy Award for like six minutes of screen time. It's so it's it is his moments in this movie are some of the most, and it ties into the truck scene actually, are some of the most, uh, you know, life affirming like reasons why I like going to the movies that I, I've seen in years. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Needle drops. The, the soundtrack in this movie is incredible. It's really good. It's really good just on a Spotify playlist too. But the, the, I, I, the one that stands out to me is, is Paul McCartney. Uh, the, the needle drop where they're running. It's, it's fucking incredible. Oh God, the music is so good. And PTA is just so, he's so savvy with the way the music hits your certain emotional buttons too. I mean, look, he, he knows that he's not making a movie that's meant for, you know, all the folks who are watching red notice for the third time, he's making a movie for someone who's has a somewhat discerning palette in film and a somewhat discerning palette in the arts. Generally, he's not He's not making his movies for Luddites and he knows exactly what relationships people may bring to the film with these songs as well. And it's just, everything is just so smartly thought out. And I, I, we should take a moment on the filmmaking here, which is just, I want to talk about the, the especially the two leads, but boy, uh, it is astonishing how well crafted this is. I mean, this is this is a hangout movie made with the skill of There Will Be Blood. That's it's crazy. It's crazy to see how a long form joke like the truck scene can be presented by a, a real master of the craft like PTA. Well, so you mentioned the two performances. Let's start with Alana Haim. I think that's that's the best place to start. I was amazed to find out that this is her first like 
of note um, lead performance in a movie. Um, the fact that she's able to really carry this, the, these multiple scenes with actors that we have a relationship with Bradley Cooper being one of them. Um, Benny Safdie being another, the, the people we've already mentioned, Sean Penn. Yeah, she's every, every minute Sean Penn's in, on the screen. She's there. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the clear like disdain for these are my friends, but then also the honesty in her performance of like, I really am okay that these are my friends. Like I, I really don't want to figure go where the rest of the world is telling me I'm supposed to. Like, man, it's subtle and this is more PTA than anything else, but there's a gas shortage at one point in the movie. And how it's framed from Alana's perspective, where she's picking up on the politics of it and like why this is happening and the gloom and doom that all adults would feel. And then she sees Gary and it's like, why don't you take this more seriously? But then realizes, like, wait, but like, I get it. You're a kid. You're younger. You're experiencing this a different way. I wish I could still get away with that. And it's what's pulling her toward him the entire movie. I, I really dug her performance here. I, I think she's amazing. Now, look, I, I know that PTA has a pre-existing relationship with her through the band. I guess he's made music videos for them um, and in part structured this role around her and what he thought he could bring to a movie. But but wow, there's just so much emotional vulnerability and honesty in this performance. It, it's incredibly impressive stuff. I think one of the things that benefits um, both both of the leads and really all the child actors, but perhaps Alana Haim in particular, is the decision not to have the kids in makeup. Um, they look like kids. She looks like she's in her early 20s. Cooper Hoffman looks like an awkward teenager. And I think that that choice brings a sort of groundedness to it. She look Alana Haim is not uh, is not like the most conventional Hollywood casting choice for a movie and I think that's a lot of what makes this super interesting. I think it makes the connection more grounded and realistic. I just think it, it she has so much energy and so much charisma and the eye is drawn to her all the time on the screen and there's just not uh, what is not a simple performance doesn't have a single false note to it. It's really, it's really impressive work. I, I doubt she'll win the Oscar, but I really, really hope she's nominated. It's going to be tough for her to get nominated, but you're right. They, if anything was deserving as far as performances from this movie go, it would be her. And then there's Cooper Hoffman, who I thought, I, I just completely whiffed on this the first time around. Um, there's this thing that kids do. I mean, you you were a young boy one time where, like, we always pretend like we know more because it's cooler to be older. It's cooler to pretend like we are, like, like there's these businesses that he's running because he's a, a young child actor. Um, I'll ask you in a second. I, I know of, like, adjacent who this is based off of, but I'll let you fill in the details with your encyclopedic memory. Um, there is a clear choice to have him play this role like he's older than he actually is because you you forget really quickly that he starts the movie off in high school as a 15 year old and while i've been hinting at his his adolescence and his the innocence of his immaturity throughout the pod 
there is also a maturity to him and an adult-like behavior in that people gravitate toward him to run things and to be in charge of things while also having like acne on his face because it's Oz mentioned the makeup in this movie. He's a kid. And I thought in, on him even more so is where I picked up on, you know, that that makeup style um, from choice from from PTA. Um, yeah, I, I loved his performance in this as well. And I'm sure like being who his father was, uh, he was you know, primed and ready for what a PTA film was even going to be, what it was even going to involve, let alone be like. Between him and Gandolfini's kid, I've, I've had a lot of like weird uncanny Valley moments where I look at them and I'm like, holy shit. It's just, it's their, it's their dad's brought back to life. Uh, do do I think that he's going to have the same career and range and everything as Philip Seymour Hoffman? I don't, but that's just because Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of the greatest actors of the last 50 years. But this this kid's legit and this is not some legacy casting that he's just in there because of the the relationship. He's really charismatic and charming. There's a scene I love early where he he asks the Alana Ham character out for a drink. Mm-hmm. And he's really yeah. playing up as though he's not 15. And as you said, like like almost has a tease of the adult world. And then when they, they meet up, eventually she gives in, agrees to go out for a drink for him. And when they go to the bar to order a drink, and this is a child star, he could order whatever the fuck he wants. They're going to give him a, a scotch if he asks for it. He orders two Cokes. And it's just the most, it's the most adorable undercutting of his confidence. But at the same time, this sort of like energetic, vibrant, that of course this is what uh, a 15 year old would do that I it, it worked so splendidly for me and he does he does you can feel why the friends would be like yeah I'm gonna listen to this guy he seems like he's got it the most together out of all of us um and to answer your other question this this character is is I guess largely based on a real individual named Gary Goatsman who formed Playtone which is Tom Hanks's production shingle and has worked extensively with them i think he won an academy award for silence of the lambs and as a producer uh so he's produced most of most of the movies that tom hanks has been in in recent years and uh yeah i guess a lot of this stuff a lot of the absurdity comes from stuff that he got up to as a child actor in the 70s in la which you know it, it it they're not doing a full on based on a true story, but like loosely inspired by a true story does give some of the more uh, ridiculous moments, this veneer of truth. Cause it, it does seem like this sort of thing could happen. And maybe it's compositing a bit from multiple characters, but it, it, it I think it's important that there's some tether to, to the reality of how we got to this place. Any other filmmaking elements you wanted to discuss? I think I think it's really well shot. I think the writing is, I mean, just off the charts. All the different, like even the, the Maya Rudolph scene is is great, and she's like she barely says anything, and more with her facial expressions, you get everything that's happening to, and like that again is another example of like how the adults are perceiving it when Gary is just perfectly fine doing auditions, and everything Maya Rudolph is thinking is like, damn, he's aged out of this type of role, which. Man, this movie's so fucking good. Um, Anything else you wanted to add? The the last thing I'll say is I'm not a huge fan of Sean Penn, and I think Sean Penn is absolutely amazing here. He's playing a a fake version of William Holden, who's like a famed sort of drunk (laughs) 'er (laughs) ne'er-do-well. And he's just so 
charismatic and hilarious and it's slightly over the top, but in a good way, just like Bradley Cooper. It really that his work here has aged like fine wine for me when actually our first recording. I don't think I, I spoke as warmly as I am now. He's awesome he might be a, he's like 97 percent as good as bradley as bradley cooper is here just everything about his ridiculous work here is good shit i agree um numbers uh, i'll let you go first out of 10 on letterbox what is your number rock solid nine out of ten when i rewatch it i would be zero percent surprised if it's a 10 out of 10 frankly you know what fuck it let's call it a 10 out of 10 a 10 out of 10 for oz okay so my first time through it was a seven out of ten didn't even come close to affecting my final review rankings upon rewatch it's a nine out of ten and i don't even i don't have a flaw but this is where i'm giving pta credit he wants me adult andrew claudio to take my limitations as an adult where i have to think about all these things that you know adults have to think about and have an issue with those two things that bothered me the first time through and my weaknesses as an adult, my boring old responsibility needs to knock it down a small peg. This is a borderline perfect movie. And as we now transition into where it would rank in our final, would it affect anything from our PTA, uh, There Will Be Blood episode? This is now my number three for Paul Thomas Anderson rankings right behind the master and there will be blood. Uh, my number one before was phantom thread. My number two before was, uh, the master. Now my number three is licorice pizza and that pushes there will be blood down to number four and boogie nights to number five. So it, it also, it rates for me. It impacts my, there will be blood score. This movie is fantastic. What's going to be interesting is in a couple weeks when we do like best of the year, I, man, I'll save it, but this is, there's only two things I could think of that impacted me more, like hit me harder. This is as far as like how well it's made and how, how brilliant some of the deeper context and, and things I'm, uh, uh, um, attest, uh, things I'm giving PTA credit for are, are, it's just, it, this is one of the best things I've ever seen, let alone one of the best things from this year. I suspect you'll also hear it from me when we're talking about our top 10 lists for, for the end of the year. And look, we're going to have a while to talk about this stuff because the Oscars aren't until the end of March this year for some unknowable reason. Listen, you would know better than I would what that reason is. There, there isn't one. Are they trying to get the ratings yeah. even lower for some reason? Because uh, it's fucking summer movie season by the time this thing, by the time the Oscars are done this year. Oscar potential. I'm just going to go down the list. You say yes or no. Um, best picture. To get nominated, yes. To win. Nominated, nominated. Yes, yeah. yes absolutely. Nominated. Director. Absolutely. Lead actress. I'm, uh, she's fifth for me, right? She's my five seed right now. So yes. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna, again, really love Cooper Hoffman in this. There's this, he's not getting, there's best actor is kind of stacked this year. Yeah. He's not getting it. Um, supporting actor. Not enough screen time. I, well, you know, Damn. let me say one thing. Uh, Phantom Thread, just a couple of years ago, massively overperformed. I don't remember what the exact number was, but end, ended up getting like eight or nine nominations when people were predicting it for like two. So there are a lot of supporters for PTA's work in in the Academy. So there's an outside chance that it could benefit Cooper. I'm saying no, but I wouldn't be stunned if it happens. Um, screenplay. Absolutely. Might, I might maybe win. Yeah, it's a good bet to win. Um, which... Like there's some other lower level things, cinematography, um, editing. I'm gonna say cinem no on cinematography, even though it's lovely to look at. The, the black and white movies are gonna clean up this year for because everyone 
has decided black and white <laughs> movies look prettier. That and Dune and Power of the Dog. It's just a real. It's a really strong year for cinematography. Score. I I think the soundtrack is no, good, but yeah. so the original score. Um, and the the composer has a better candidate this year in Spencer. So so the screenplay win. There, because there's no clear front runner right now for best picture. I'm I'm wondering if this is like the it's his time thing for PTA and this is going to be in order screenplay director like I know I, I mean you the last I checked Jane Chan, Jane Campion is still like probably definitely going to get nominated but also could is the front runner for the win but we got to see some other things um whether it be the globes or some of the other precursors actually give out awards before we actually see who the actual front runner is. I say all of that, that maybe this is PTA's time that a feel good movie about California in the seventies is going to be how we finally give PTA his Oscar. I, I hope so. Actually, I, I kind of gun to my head. I think Denis Villeneuve is going to win best director right now um, for Dune, okay. but I, and, and that's where the movie, I think, has a 0% chance of winning Best Picture. So it's a strange prediction because usually the, the majority of the time, those pair. <laughs> I think Belfast is still going to win, but the mm. campaign season is so broken. I mean, they don't, the nominees come out in early February and then they don't vote until like March 15th. So much time between now and then. Some of these movies haven't even really started campaigning. They're not really doing, they've only done a handful of screenings even for licorice pizza and it's just expanding. So once it opens Christmas day and we get a better idea, if it resonates with audiences, the problem, nobody's watching any of the contenders. That's the other part. No one went to King Richard. No one went to Belfast. We don't have a good grasp of what these things are doing on streaming. The King Richard numbers seem kind of soft. If people go to this, I'm not convinced they will, but if people choose to go to this, uh, you know, on like West Side Story, which they're not going to, mm. uh, that would be a good way to <laughs> to earn that narrative. But the sad part about watching the Oscars, as I do, is that it's become all negativity and what movie can survive with the most strikes against it. And this one's going to get the pedophilia strike and the racism strike and all this other stuff. There's easy things to to negative campaign here, which I hope don't impact it but i i it's not my bet right now but a lot can change over the next three months yeah yeah i agree um if you're listening to this now because you're listening to it before the 25th when it goes nationwide um i just i cannot recommend this enough was lucky enough to see it in 70 millimeter twice um was love lucky enough to actually um pay attention to it the second time and see the brilliance that all of my friends and people i respect uh uh saw as well and i just I, I cannot recommend this movie enough it's 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 such a it, man i who knew a feel-good movie about san fernando valley was going to be something that hit me so hard this year um oz do you have anything you'd like to say before we get out of here follow me at oz on movies on twitter go to the invention of dreams.com and please 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 go see independent movies go see this i, I don't care what it is even go see west side story a hundred million dollar movie just Go see Spider-Man, but also please see Come On, Come On or Silent Night or anything that is not from a a superhero or a $200 million action movie so that we can have them in the future, so that we can have theatrical releases of serious adult-oriented entertainment. Please, thank you. 
He says this, but then also, please be on the lookout for a bonus review of Spider-Man No Way Home, which hits theaters nationwide. Yeah, I'm, wearing this a, I'm wearing a Captain Carter t-shirt right now as we record this because I'm a hypocrite. So I legit have my Spider-Man outfit picked out. <laughs> I have a Spidey t-shirt that I was like, nope, got to save it for Friday. I think my kid is going in full costume. So Oh, wow. Yeah, Shout out Logan. He's very excited. So, yeah. Check out Oz on, on Twitter. He will absolutely be sending out a, a picture of a little Spidey, <laughs> Spidey Ozerowski on Friday. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening, everybody. And tune in next time for another final review. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com